0: Have asked me to record so they can see it. Some of our folks don't have Facebook, so I use a podcast record. Um, but they send their love and their warm wishes, and wish that they could all be here. Uh, Brother Wayne and Sister Shirley specifically said they shared a lot of love for the brethren here, and we're sorry they couldn't make it. But uh, we thank you for your support and for your prayers this past year and for the Lord willing, the years to come. It's a blessing to get to leave and go do the Lord's work. And pray the Lord will continually remind us. I know there are assemblies out there that don't have pastors. And as I prayed that the Lord would send me to a work that needed a pastor, so too I pray the same thing for those preachers that don't have an assembly. There are assemblies out there that need you There are assemblies that don't realize they need you, but they do. And I would pray the Lord would lay that on your hearts in an appropriate manner. So, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, a few verses there. We'll start in verse 4. He says, for indeed we have, while we are here in the tent, we groan, being burdened, because we do not want to be unclothed, but to be clothed. So that what is mortal will be swallowed up by life. Now we, uh, we, or excuse me. Now he who prepared us for this very purpose is God, who gave us the Spirit as a pledge. Therefore, being always of good courage and knowing that while we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. For we walk by faith, not by sight, and we are of good courage. And I say, and prefer rather to be absent from the body, and to be at home with the Lord. Therefore we also have as our our ambition, whether at home or absent, to be pleasing to Him. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each one may be recompensed for his deeds in the body according to what he has done, whether good or bad. Not reading anything new here but particularly with what I've heard these past two days. Being not hypocritical, as Brother Campbell said, and of course as Brother Jeff, do we see Jesus in what we do? One thing that drawed my attention to this particular passage of Scripture was he says that we be not unclothed, but clothed. What is it that we put on? Are we putting on the Lord each day? We can. The expectation that the Lord has of us is that when we come to serve Him and we come to be a part of the church, that we put off the flesh that we had previously. It's not some dead body that we resurrect every single day and drag around with us like some prize. But the expectation is that we put the flesh down daily. He says, for indeed while we are in this tent, we groan being burdened because we do not want to be unclothed, but clothed so that what is mortal will be swallowed up by life. What is life? What is life? Life is right serving the Lord, right? That's the only place we can find life. Otherwise, if we choose not to serve the Lord, that's really not real life, is it? But are we putting on the Lord? What is the expectation? He says to be pleasing to God, whether absent or at home. That's the expectation there, brethren. Let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 15. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 50. It says, Now I say this, brethren, that the flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep, but we will all be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye at the last trump. For the trump will sound... And the dead will be raised imperishable, and we will be changed. For this perishable must not be uh, put on imperishable, and this mortal must put on immortality. But when this perishable will have put on the imperishable, and this mortal will have put on immortality, then will come about the saying as it is written. Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is in the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through the Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your toil is not in vain in the Lord. We've been covering the book of Corinthians at at Banner the last couple of months. And one of the things that I expressed to the church was that the church there was having quite a bit of difficulty. They had divisions. He told them, I can't, I can't teach the deeper things because you, you're you not moved past the milk. You've got these problems. You can't get past this. You can't progress and grow. What well, was Paul's intention? It wasn't to tear them down. It was to lift them up. It's to show them the error of their ways because those problems were hindering them from better serving God. So let us not be convinced in our own minds that we're above this. Because just like the church at Corinth, we have those same problems in our own respective assemblies. It says no flesh can possess the kingdom of God. Hypocrisy thrives in the flesh, doesn't it? So does pride and envy and all those things alike which we mention over there in the other epistles. We take off the flesh. We're to to serve God, or at least we should. And in serving, putting off this flesh and serving God, death has no harm over our body. Not this physical flesh body, but it has no harm over us. And it has no lasting effect. But that is conditional. Conditional on the point that we put down our flesh and we pick up Christ daily. Only through that can we receive a covering for our sins. Paul's admonition here was very, very clear to the church. And so is his rebuke of the problems that they faced. I like what Brother Jeff said a little earlier about the choices that our young people make. They have far-lasting implications on our life. Not just in that moment. Don't be fooled, that one decision you make can have an effect on every single decision that you make the rest of your life. They all play a factor in decisions we make. Does it move us closer to the Lord or further away? But what is the kingdom of God? Ask yourself that question. What is it that Jesus expects of us as His body? Second Peter chapter 3. Second Peter chapter 3, verse 7. It says, But by His word, the present heavens and earth are being reserved for fire, kept for the day of judgment and destruction of ungodly men. But do not let this one fact escape your notice, beloved, that with the Lord one day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years like one day. The Lord is not slow about His promise, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not willing that, wishing that anyone should perish, but that all should come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief, in which the heavens will pass away, with the roar and the elements will dis- be destroyed with intense heat, and the earth and its works will be burned up. Since all these things are to be destroyed in this way, what sort of people ought you to be in holy conduct and godliness? looking for and hastening the coming of the day of God, because of which the heavens will be destroyed by burning and the elements melt with intense heat. But according to His promise, we are looking for a new heaven and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. Therefore, beloved, since you look for these things, be diligent to be found in Him in peace, spotless, blameless, in regard to the patience of our Lord of salvation, Just as also our beloved brother Paul, according to the wisdom given him, wrote you. As also in all his letters, speaking in them these things, in which are some things hard to understand, which the untaught and unstable distort, as they do also the rest of the scripture to their own destruction. So again, heavens and this world are reserved for fiery judgment. He says, what? The judgment of ungodly men. Un means what? It's the opposite or not to have something, right? So he says there, what? He says he has no desire that anyone should perish, right? He says, the Lord is not slow about his promise, As some count slowness, but patient toward you, not wishing that any should perish, but all should come to repentance. That should give us a little hope, shouldn't it? But, again, there's a contingent phrase there. What? But for all to come to repentance. I know it's not the typical phrase there, but... I don't know about y'all, but... That goes for the person I don't like, too. Most especially for the people that we don't like, that we don't get along with, or that are hard to love. Those people sit right next to you in assembly. Brother, we better check our feelings. We better check our hearts. We better check our minds. God is not fooled by the facade that we put on when we sit in the pew, or when we interact with one another outside this building. Don't confuse God with your neighbor who may not understand what you're saying or what you're what you're thinking. The expectation is quite clear in the scripture. Else what? We be consumed. By what? Fire. Amen. Isn't that what it talks about over in 1 Corinthians chapter 3? Same thing. All men. The works are tested by fire with good gold, hay, wood, stubble, all those things alike. Those things can be consumed with fire too. The question is, are we being instructed or are we ignoring the instruction? He instructs us there to be looking for this day. Hasting of the day of the Lord. What sort of people are we? Talked to the church back home last week. There in Second Corinthians, he talked about, are we preaching the gospel of men or the gospel of God? We've also been talking about the fruit. What is the fruit? Try the spirits. Their evidence are going to be plain to see. That's why, the, that's why the Scripture instructs us to study to show ourselves approved. We might know and test those things to see if they're of God or if they're of men. The instruction in the Scripture is also not to set up for ourselves laws and customs and precepts that are of men, but of God. You see where it got our Jewish brethren back in the days of Jesus. They were so blinded that they couldn't see the prophecy standing right in front of them. You ever been surprised by something? Something catches you off guard? Something happens and somebody gets hurt or two people get hurt or more and you're shocked because it happened? When all along, probably the symptoms and the signs were right underneath your nose. It's a matter of perspective and perception. We cannot lie to ourselves that we are holier than we are. We're not holy. It is only through Christ that we can be made whole, right? Our job is simple. Please God, not men. Our job is simple. What's the work we have to do? We let our assemblies wane in number, we let problems digest and break down. Why? Are we willing to address the problems? in a loving and humble fashion as the Lord would have us to. Are we ministering to one another? Are we ministering to those in the community around us who need to see Jesus? Not to do it just to please ourselves and to make ourselves look good. I heard it mentioned earlier that that will wane after a very short time. People will see through the facade. We can't come to our respective buildings and expect to glorify God in just sitting on a pew. Our work is to be done diligently, not just studying the Word, but also living it and demonstrating it towards all men. Let's look at Romans chapter 12. Not an unfamiliar passage of Scripture. Starting there in verse 1, he says, Therefore I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. Stop there for just a second. We know in the times of old, and I don't know much about sacrificing and all the sacrifices i know brother jeff probably knows a little more than i do more much more than i do not just picking on him but when they went to sacrifice an offering what is it they did especially with an animal they had to thoroughly inspect it to make sure it was without spot and blemish right how does that translate into the new covenant Well, he tells us to be a living and acceptable sacrifice, so what does that require? It requires us to go over every inch of ourselves with a fine-tooth comb, according to Scripture. How many of us do that on a daily basis? Rather than just on times when we get together and we get preached at, or we are in Bible study and we get convicted about what we do wrong? The priest did this And those people offering sacrifices did this quite frequently. If not daily. What is the expectation here? We're to be found acceptable. Shouldn't we be examining ourselves daily? You don't have to have a rocket science degree or a bachelor's degree or even an associate's degree or even a high school diploma to understand that. quantified in quite simple human terms. He says, And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove that the will of God is that which is good and acceptable and perfect. Again, expectation is quite clear. Be not conformed to the world. It's okay. You can you can do this or that. You can go out and have a drink. You can go out and do these things. You can cuss a little, like what you said last night. I, said, I bet he goes to church. I'll have you know I'm a deacon, you know. How many times have we had that meltdown in our, in our offices at work? Pitched a fit to our boss in front of our coworkers. Shame to say I've done that. And once on Sunday, right? You know? Don't be fooled. God sees that. The people you work with see that. That gives them a reason to discount God and say, I don't need that. He lives like the rest of us, He just says He's godly. The expectation is still there. fearful expectation that we should have. Amen. Skip down there to verse 5. It says, So we who are many are one body in Christ, and individually members one of another. Uh-oh, you mean I'm responsible to you and you're responsible to me? Absolutely. Amen. You know, if one link in a chain is weakened, what happens? The chain typically does break, doesn't it? I've often heard heard this said and I've said it myself. You're only as good as your weakest members. And you're only as strong as your strongest members. But the point is not that. The point is to look to the Lord to strengthen us and guide us and protect us. And when we have an opportunity to support and strengthen our brethren, we must do it. Because we will have an answer for that when we go before the Lord whether we want to or not. He says, So since we have gifts that differ according to the grace given us, each of us to have exercised them accordingly. If prophecy according to the proportion of his faith, of service and his serving, and he who teaches in his teaching, or he who exhorts in his exhortation, he who gives with liberality, he who leads with diligence, and he who shows mercy with cheerfulness, let love be without hypocrisy, Arbor what is evil, cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love, giving preference to one another in honor, not lagging behind in diligence, fervent in the Spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, persevering in tribulation, devoted to prayer, contributing to the needs of the saints, practicing hospitality. Bless those who persecute you, bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Be of the same mind toward one another. Do not be haughty in your mind, but associate with the lowly. Do not be wise in your own estimation. Neither pay back evil for evil to anyone. Respect what is right in the sight of all men, if possible. So as far as it depends on you, be at peace with all men. Never taking your own revenge, beloved, but leaving room for the wrath of God, for it is written, vengeance is mine and I will repay, says the Lord. But if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him drink. For in doing so, you will heap burning coals upon his head. Do not overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. I at one point in time had a school bully growing up. This has happened probably 10 or more years ago. He was broke down at a gas station in the little town where I grew up. was having vehicle trouble. And I saw him. And in a moment of pride, I walked up and I offered him some money. I said, here, take it. You need this. And to my own shame, he turned on and said, I don't need your money. I've got it fixed. I wanted to prove him wrong and show him I was better than him. And what happened to me in that situation? I got knocked down at least three or four pegs that evening. Because I was prideful and I thought, I'm going to show him. I'm going to show him despite what he did to me. I'm going to get even with him and give him some money and get him on his way. I'm thankful the Lord showed me a little bit different outcome there. I needed it. But I feel sorry for that man that he had to see it. So, what are we supposed to do? We're supposed to fashion ourselves of the example of the Lord. Going to somebody in pride is definitely not going to resolve a situation. Because your intent will always come through. It'll always... Scripture says, be careful lest your sins find you out. Isn't that what it says? That day it surely did. So, here in reading, as he tells us, where to to practice these things to one another, to help one another, because we're part of a unit, Right? We're individual bodies, but yet we support one another as referenced by this gathering of people here who call ourselves the Lord's people. We may not be individually, you know, respect the decisions in other assemblies, but we should. We should comfort and encourage one another, exhort one another. I know I've called on Brother Kevin a couple times and said, I need to talk to you. And I can always count on Brother Kevin to cut it to me straight. I've talked to Brother Grant. I've talked to a number of you. Before this past year and after the past year, so. But I needed the encouragement. I needed the exhortation. I needed the rebuke in some cases. Because We, after all, are supposed to function that way. We have differing gifts. He says what? Each of us is to exercise them accordingly. If we're not properly using our gifts that the Lord has given us, then we're misusing them. Whether that is the Lord has blessed us with some change in our pocket to help others, whether in the assembly or out, Brother Jeremy, I'm not going to call him out, but he and I had a conversation over the past year. And it was about helping others. And for the longest time I thought, you know, I only have to help the people in the church. Well, the Lord taught me wrong on that one too. Scripture right here makes the expectation clear. He goes on there and he talks about if service and his serving, he who teaches in his teaching, exhorts in his exhortation, he who gives with without holding back. And he who leads with diligence, he who shows mercy with cheerfulness. What's the key to that? Consistency. Faith. Seeking the Lord's direction. The expectation is clear, brethren. He says, Bless those who persecute, bless and not curse. People give us a hard time for what we believe. Doesn't mean we need to just give up or be quiet. we're still to continue to do the work the Lord has commissioned us to do. It says rejoice with those who rejoice, weep with those who weep. Be of the same mind toward one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Can we reach people when we're lifted up? No. As reference that I mentioned earlier. Revenge is not for us to take, it's for the Lord to take. Even when somebody takes your lunchbox out of the fridge. Or somebody wants your water bottle when you just opened it. But offer it to them freely. Maybe that's an opportunity and opening for you to show them Jesus. But if they... Do those things which cause us harm, persecute us, beat us up, call us names. Let them do it. Because why? Our God takes vengeance on that. It's not our responsibility. And where God is responsible for vengeance, He's also responsible for judgment. That is not our job. The Scripture bears out things that He is going to judge just and accordingly. But it doesn't give us a free pass to be ugly, negligent, or rude to others. Whether they live a lifestyle that is contrary to what the Scripture teaches, living with someone out of wedlock, having an extramarital affair, they still need to be shown Jesus just like the rest of us. Whether they sleep with the same sex, I, I, I won't go too far past that, but we need to show them Jesus because that's the only way they can see. And we're not going to convince them, but it's the Lord working through us. Take that to the bank. He says, never pay back evil for evil. He goes on about giving ju- ju- excuse me, vengeance there. But then he says, but if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him drink. If he, in doing so you will heap burning coals on his head, what do you think that means? It means more than just what that says there, and everything we do. Heaps burning coals on his head. Maybe it'll see his conscience, and he might see God in that. So the final admonition in that end of that chapter there is do not overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Check your conscience. Check your thought process. Check what you're doing and see if that bears out Jesus. Because if it doesn't, we need to reevaluate. What's Proverbs 14. you ever want to find an easy read and something that will help ease your mind or convict you at the same time when you're going to bed at night, read Proverbs. Amen. Proverbs 14, verse 31. says, He who oppresses the poor taunts his maker, but he who is gracious to the needy honors him. The wicked is thrust down by his wrongdoing, but the righteous has a refuge when he dies. Wisdom rests in the heart of the one who has understanding, but in the hearts of the fools it is made known. Righteous exalts a nation, and sin is a disgrace to any people. The king's favor is toward a servant who acts wisely, but his anger is toward him who acts shamefully. 31 there he who oppresses the poor taunts his maker we see a lot of that go on today people being oppressed what does he say there our obligation our duty is not to taunt the poor help the poor isn't it I mean that's what the scripture says at least We can't serve God and mammon too. Scripture tells us that. He says, He who is gracious to the needy honors him. Our responsibility, not just to our members that don't have a means to an end. Because again, what's given to us is not for us to choose what to do with it, right? Seek the Lord's wisdom and guidance in those things and use it appropriately. Says, the wicked is thrust down in his wrongdoing, but the righteous has refuge when he dies. Isn't that what we talked about earlier? Back up to the first part where we started in 2 Corinthians over there in reading. The encouragement here is that we can endure until the end, right? What was the Proverbs written for? Encouragement it was wisdom. Wisdom to apply to your life. Wisdom to apply to your service to God. Are we pleasing God? Wisdom rests in the heart of the one who has understanding but the heart of the fool it is made known. What What do you think about that? Pride before the fall? What happens to the foolish? Same thing pretty much happens, right? That's their downfall. We cannot claim ignorance before the Lord. Maybe for a short time, but the expectation and the fearful looking for the Lord is upon us. I know say this, I don't know when the Lord's going to come, but the only thing I can do is pay attention to what the Scripture says and pay attention to what's going on outside this building. Buddy, if that doesn't give us the fearful expectation looking for the Lord, I don't know what will. Make our choices count. It says the king's favor is toward a servant who acts wisely, but his anger is toward him who acts shamefully. Parable of the talents. What we're given and what we use to apply it, what's the outcome? We use or use it for his dishonor or for his honor, right? We use it for at least put in the bank and draw interest on it so that we can at least invest it back in serving the Lord, right? Most of y'all know me, no, I'm not a banker by trade. Lord knows it, I've not ever been good with numbers. Thankfully, I have someone that helps me with those numbers. She's very gracious to me. She tells me when I can spend and when I can't. You young man, better find yourself a good wife that can tell you how to spend your money. And love her, love her like you love your own self. That's what the scripture says. Proverbs nineteen, verse sixteen. I promise you, uh, we're gonna get, we're getting closer here. I'm gonna tell you this is, I'm almost done, but we're getting closer. Like the Lord, huh? You're gonna say, brother Tyler, you've been talking for two hours. Hush, it's only been thirty six minutes. Nah. <laughs> okay. Proverbs nineteen and verse sixteen. It says. He who keeps the commands keeps his soul, but he who is careless of conduct will die. One who is gracious to the poor man lends to the Lord, and he will repay him for his good deed. Discipline your son while there is hope, and do not desire his death. So, again, same thing along the same lines. Keep his commandments. He who keeps his commandments keeps his soul, plain and simple. says there discipline your son while there is hope and do not desire his death we're still receiving discipline from the Lord then thank God for that we're not we need to watch out Matthew chapter 25 brethren I didn't steal this from our Bible study yesterday I promise 25 verse 31 he says but when the son of man comes in his glory and all the angels with him then he will sit on his glorious throne and all the nations will be gathered before him and he will separate them from one another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats and he will put the sheep on his right and the goats on the left then the king will say to those on the right, Come, you are blessed of the Father. Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, you invited me in. Naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when we did didn't we do these things? No, excuse me, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink? When do we see you a stranger and invite you in, naked and clothe you? When did we see you sick and are in prison and come to you? The king will answer and say to them, Truly I say to you, to the extent that you did it to one of the of these brothers of mine, even the least of them, you did it to me. Then he will say also to those on, him, uh, on his left, Depart me, from me, accused ones. Into the eternal fire which has been prepared for, for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger and you invited uh, me not in. Naked and you did not clothe me. Sick and in prison and you did not visit me. Then they themselves also will answer the Lord. When did we see you hungry or thirsty or stranger? Or naked or sick or in prison and did not take care of you? Then he will answer them, Truly I say to you, to the extent that you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did it not to me. These will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into everlasting life. What is the expectation of judgment there? There's two outcomes. You can do it and be praised of the Father, or you can do it, not do it, and be chucked out. You can't lie. You can't cover it up. He sees all. He knows all. He hears all. Why do you think that when Samuel said, Surely this is the king of Israel, the Jesse's son, he said, No, it's not. I alone see the hearts of men. You see the outward exterior and think, Well, this is something great and grand. But I alone judge the hearts of men. Our God cannot be fooled. It's not like the account of the wolf in sheep's clothing where he can slip in and, you know, get his way. Wolf got got found out, didn't he? What does the scripture say? The way of a man seemeth right unto him, but the ends thereof is death. Well, earlier we talked about if we did the things that the Lord has Lord has asked us to do, we won't be hurt of that death. This is the expectation. Are we going to diligently labor, or we're we going to be lazy? We are. I don't know at least I can say we're good at letting other people do our work for us, aren't we? Other religious sects, social organizations, we're good at letting others do our work. So much so that when we come on a scene that people are like, "Who are you?" We need to be different than that. We need to be better than that. Not let other people do our job that the Lord has called us to do, but to do it freely and willingly, without fear of reprisal from men. Let's look at Romans chapter 14 and we'll close. Say that because if we don't do these things, and guess what? Proof's in the pudding, folks. We will be bare bones with barely anybody in this building, if any at all. That's why we are called to do a work. Apparently somebody removed my Romans from my Bible. (laughs) Romans 14, verse 9. He says, "...for to this end Christ died and lived again, and he might be the Lord both of the dead and of the living. But you, why do you judge your brother, or go again?" Why do you regard your brother with contempt? For we will all stand before the judgment seat of God. For it is written, As I live, says the Lord, every knee will bow to me, and every tongue shall uh, give praise to God. So then each, of one, each one of us will give an account of himself to God. Therefore let us not judge one another anymore, but rather determine this, not to put an obstacle or a stumbling block in the brother's way. So, The end is this. Judgment is not our place. God is in a place to expect of us what He demands in in our covenant relationship with Him. We're required to work diligently. We're required to minister to those that are outside this body so that they might see Jesus and have the opportunity. Otherwise, why would the Scripture say the Lord desires that not all men should perish but should come to understanding, right? And be delivered. That's deliverance right there. But it requires a forward perpetual motion until this life ends. if you stop it and you drop it, there won't be nothing left. So are we pleasing the Lord or are we going to be standing naked before him? That's all I have for you. Thank you so much.